0: This is God's very word to us. Let me pray. Father, thank you uh, for this day, for your word to us, your people. We are here uh, in desperate need to hear from you. We we cannot be sustained uh, on our own. We need your word to fill us, to satisfy us, to tell us again the story. The story of the gospel, the grace, the good news of Christ. For sinners such as us, so Lord, we pray that you would bless uh, both the reading and now the preaching of your word for the edification of your people. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. Um. So it's uh it's been six weeks since I preached. I, I uh, should briefly in Sunday school at in the end of the last year, my my sister uh, died tragically, and um, though we're a young church, uh, the elders who who are new elders, said, uh, this summer take a, take a few weeks off. And um, so the, fall, the spring was difficult, grieving, uh, wrestling with her loss. And so I had uh, four weeks of a little mini sabbatical and then we had a two-week vacation. So it's been six weeks, I'm here, and then back at my church. So uh, th- this could go one of two ways this morning. It, it, it could be short and sweet because, you know, I forgot what I'm doing or this could be really, really long, you know. <laughs> I'm so excited to preach, so pray as you wish uh, that what happens, but um, but it is so good to be here. Uh, I look around, I see faces that I've seen uh, from years ago, people that have prayed for us, and it is so great, and your faithfulness is, uh, is a tribute uh, to the blessing of God on this place. Um, one of the things I did over the sabbatical was I focused on the Beatitudes. I just read them and meditated on them, and looking to sometime this fall do a series on kind of uh, the gospel and competing visions. Uh, What is it we're after as we go through the Beatitudes? So I thought I would try one on for you today and you can tell me how it goes, but we're going to look at um, at verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed. uh, uh, Some common popular translations say happy or favored. Happy are those who do so and so. And it's Jesus' way of, uh, He's got a new crowd, new disciples following Him. Uh, he, he's come. The kingdom of God is at hand. Um, he's in a, a context, a, a Jewish context, that they've done things, they have a way of being, and now He's going to come, and He's going to upend the whole thing, right? upside-down kingdom. The, he's going to subvert the, the principles, the values, the ways that He does it in these little pithy statements. He does it in parables. He does it here in this... Beatitudes with this proverbial language. What does it mean to be meek, to inherit the earth, and to be poor in spirit? That's not a value. That's not, what does that mean? And so he's trying to, to rewire their hearts and minds of what it means to be right in relationship with God. And he says, Blessed, happy. We all want to be happy, right? Everyone wants to be happy. We, we structure our lives. We uh, we make money, we spend money, um, we, we move places to, to be happy, to make the most out of our lives. Um, we say things like, n- n- no matter what, I don't know what's going on in my life, I just want to be happy. Or um, parents, what do you say, you know, you got your kids struggling and, you know, there's drama, they are teenagers they are out of college, out of college, and you, they're, you're in tears, they're in tears. I don't know, sweetie. Your dad and I don't care where you, what you end up going. We just want you to be happy, right? So that's kind of the thing we say. And, and maybe it takes a spiritual twist. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. But I know God wants me to be happy. It's, it's just sort of the air we breathe. It's built into the Declaration, right? We're all created equal. We have inalienable rights to life, liberty, and the uh, pursuit of happiness. Right, y'all passed fourth grade. There you go. Right? Happiness. And, and that's, uh, that's good. Pursuit of happiness is good. I'm glad we have freedom, right? I'm glad we have safety and protection and the things we have to pursue happiness. Um, but The cultural understanding of happiness has, has got it wrong. What happens when my pursuit of happiness is conflicted with your pursuit of happiness? Right? We've got a tension. We see it played out in selfishness and um, a lack of commitment, care, a lack of sacrifice, family, a society, our own lives won't, won't function on an individualistic understanding of pursuing that which we think will make us the most happy. There has to be something else. Cultural view of what it means to be happy is askewed, it leads us astray. And so Jesus starts with these people, blessed, happy. Oh, we want that. That's us. What does it mean to be happy? And he's going to throw him some curveballs, and it makes no sense. <laughs> it still makes no sense. It's paradoxical to us. And yet, it's the, it's the good life. Not the, not the Joel Osteen kind, but the good life, like the life with God, in favor with Him. So, What does the Bible say about this happiness? Uh, a couple of things. First, Happiness begins with being hungry. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. In order to be happy, you got to be hungry. you got to be hungry. We're, we're Americans. We're rarely hungry, right? We check our waistline. Most of us are doing okay. You know? But you got to be hungry. Do you remember a time when you were really, really, really hungry? Or thirsty? I, I I tried for illustrations. I failed in comparison. Some of you have gone through real hunger and thirst, but I, I, all I could think of was August football practice, two a days in high school with all the pads and 100 degree humidity, and you're just like crawling to get to the water, you know, like you've got to have something to drink. You feel like you're dying of thirst. I thought of that movie uh, Unbroken, the book, you know, Louis Zambrini, the, the Olympic athlete, remember that? He shot down over the Pacific and World War II, and he's on, he make a makeshift raft, and he's out there for 47 days on this raft, and he's trying to grab raw fish and eat them, you know. Not sushi. <laughs> he's trying to catch rainwater. He's just, he is literally dying of thirst. Jesus' says, happiness is going to begin with a hunger. And The commentator said, "To be hungry is not enough. I, I must really be starving." To know what it is God's heart is for me. When the prodigal son was hungry, he went to eat with the pigs. But when he was starving, he returned to his father. A starving person has an all-consuming hunger. It, nothing else matters. I've just got to get something to eat or something to drink. To be happy in a sort of a biblical sense, we've got to have an all-consuming passion, a hunger. Hunger and thirst, we do it multiple times a day, it reveals our need. That's why we do, I mentioned it, that's why we do prayer of confession. We, we come to say, we all look nice, we're dressed, we ate breakfast probably, we've all had caffeine, you know, coffee, we're here, but we're coming and we're trying to say, despite how it looks, we really are really, really hungry. We're, we're desperate. Let's think for a minute Privately and then corporately, about the worst parts of ourselves that we need to name, that we could remind ourselves how needy we are, how hungry we are. It's, uh, I said it in Sunday school we, we only come to God when we're in pain, when we feel our desperation, when we look at the, you know, don't, don't look at your, your retirement right now, but if you look at the bank and you, you see the number and you're like, you feel it and you, you pray, right? You're kid, you've done the right things, you think, and then you see them where they are, and then you say, <laughs> we, we, we quit trying to manage and fix and solve, and we just, we just pray, right? Or we feel our own sin, we feel the regret, shame, whatever, we pray. Hunger. In fact, we know life is ending when we don't have hunger, right? You've been at a bedside with someone, what do they do? You know it's, you know it's time. Call the family. What They stop, they stop eating, right? There's no life. There's no vitality. To be happy is hungry. Many of us, uh, we don't desire God much because we, um, we're we're kind of, uh, we're kind of full. We're kind of not. You know, We've, we've got enough religion, enough morality that we're just. It's kind of like the the finger food parties. You know what I'm talking about. The Christmas parties you go to. Like, and you, you don't know if you're hungry. You just eat all night, but you don't know if you're really full or not. Your wife's like, Did you have the, you know, the cheese and the. How many meatballs did you have? I'm like, I don't know. Three, 15, 30. I, I don't know. You just kind of eat all night, and you're not really, really full, like satisfied. Like, man, but you're not hungry either, right? You know what I'm talking about? That's kind of like what we can do. We, we, we lose hunger. We're kind of lukewarm, the scripture would talk about spiritually. Eh, yeah, I'm not too overwhelmed with God, but I, yeah, I should go. i need to church. It's kind of a thing. There's a sense. We lose hunger. Lose hunger. It's like, uh, you know, antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds are often needed. But one of the downsides is what? It, it, makes you, it can make you numb. You know, people become numb. They don't feel. We, we become that way with God. We don't feel. We don't have a hunger or thirst. So we're not happy, blessed, and satisfied in the way God meant because we're kind of blah. We're snacking. The first, uh, the first step to being uh, blessed, to be happy, is to be hungry. Take in. Are you hungry for God? Are you hungry? Some of you have been this church for 50, Miss Oaks, 70 years, I don't know. <laughs> are we hungry for God? Are we hungry? Do we know our need? Are we aware that you needed grace today, just like you did when you first believed? We need it, right? Just an aside before we get to the second point. You know, there, there are religions uh, that teach us not to hunger. Um, the, both the, some of the ancient Greeks, the Stoics, as well as uh, some of the Eastern religions today, Buddhism, others. You know, you, you escape hunger. You overcome it. You, you, you know that happiness is a fleeting thing, like trying to catch the air. So you, the goal is to move beyond happiness, to move beyond desire of blessing and goodness... And to to overcome it, to to be enlightened, to to reach a place above it, to not feel. So there's there's a stoic face. We're not alive. It's not the biblical sense. God wants us to be full of joy and alive and happy in Him. It begins with being hungry. Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days, he wasn't pretending, he was starving. And what happened? The world, the flesh, the devil came and offered him. And he found that his only place in the need was to the Lord, the Father, right? To be satisfied. We've got to be hungry. Are you hungry? Second, happiness involves being hungry, but it involves being hungry for the right thing. The right thing. There's good diets and bad diets, you know. Um, Most of us... uh, most of us in our culture, we we don't struggle uh, being hungry. We know. We know we're hungry. We know there's needs in our heart. We know the world's not talk to the most ardent secular person. They they know the world's not right. They know something's askewed. They know there's problems we're trying to solve, both in the world and in our own lives. What's uh what's the wrong diet? You know, we're, we're kind of like uh, the raccoon that finds the, the, the full trash can, you know what I mean? <laughs> we'll eat anything, won't we? I mean, the heart is a lonely place, isn't it? I mean, we, we just devour whatever whatever gives us a, a something, a sense of, like, it'll be okay. I, I know I, I've got anxiety, and, it, and, it's, and whatever I can just assuage that. Maybe, maybe it's a, a, a show, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a drink, maybe it's something... Just to try to assuage that, we, we feel it. We know there's a need, but we're looking for it in the wrong places. We look for it in consumption. This is the great sin of American, right? Consumerism, materialism. We're so, so much stuff. We we don't know hunger. We don't. We just have. That's why we keep buying stuff from Amazon, right? We just we think we can buy our way to it. We can get enough. Money, success, whatever it is, we get it, and then that'll make us happy. That's going to be it. And we in the church say, "No, no, that's not true." And then we go live like that's true. Uh, I remember uh, anecdotally uh, a few years ago, my older kids, the younger kids weren't here yet, but we uh, we were playing. We like family board games, and um, we were playing the game Life. You play the game Life. You play this. And you know, you go, and you're at the beginning, you choose like college or like career and you got kind of to go through and then there's like you know jobs involved and kids and houses or whatever but I realized playing the game in the middle of it you know I mean a good preacher can ruin any, you know, any game I'm like wait a second the end of the game is who has the most money wins like that's the end of the game like people are involved but the end is the, I'm like what an American game is there's no measurement like the quality of your relationships you know What's your spiritual life like? None of that's on there. I'm like, I mean, isn't that crazy? It's kind of sobering because I always lose. It's hard to say I lost at the game of life, you know. But I lose to my kids at the game of life. I'm like, well, this is great. But it's, that's the way we live. We, we consume our way. If we get enough stuff or the right stuff or, if you know, or, or you know, the, the, all your, the news feeds, social media or, or news, it's like the 50 best vacation spots, you know. Like, if we don't get to them, like, we're just a loser, you know? Like, you've got to get to those spots. You better hit the beat, you know? Right? I mean, you feel that. I'm, not, I'm Vacation's great, but, like, we have this sense of, like, that's going to do it. I know I'm hungry. Like, my job's hard. Life's hard. I just got to get to this thing, and this is probably going to make it okay. And so we got these, you know, the things to do before you die list. Because if we don't do it, like, you know... FYI, the new heavens and new earth. We're going to get to have so many experiences and joys. It'll be okay. Um, we know because uh, we we, we uh, FOMO is a thing, right? The fear of missing out is like the thing. If I don't have that experience, uh, do you talk about a pandemic? I'm getting on a soapbox here. I try not to. Pandemic. It's uh, it's 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 uh, teenagers and social media pandemic. You do do some research, particularly teenage girls, right? Do you, do you realize, if you're 35 and above, how many parties we missed out on, and we never knew about them? <laughs> right? And we're, we're okay. Right? You went to the movie with two friends, and you didn't invite two, because, you, you know, your car was, you could only fit two people. And they never knew, and they had parties, and you didn't. And it's okay. But not now. Everybody knows everything. And they sit and feed and realize, I have no worth, no value. I'm not invited. I didn't go to the beach. I didn't go to here. We've missed out. Because life, happiness—I'm hungry, but happiness is meant by being satisfied with these things, right? And I'm really not joking; I'm serious. It's, 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 it's—the it's, uh, the secular research is there. We think happiness is having more. It's in relationships. Relationships are good, but then we, we, you know, we we use them as commodities. We exchange tit for tat. Change in in relationships, and we. Ask of people to do what they can't do in our lives. Marriage is good; we we are two become one, but we, we, we don't replace God. We look for these things. If I just had the you know movies, if I just had this person, if I just had, it's going to be and you get and you're you're like oh they're they're a sinner just like me. It's going to be hard. I have a friend who's uh, been in ministry. He's got four kids, and um, he just left left his uh, left his, his wife and kids. And i uh, been trying to walk with him. And uh, he's not at our church. been trying to walk with him. And, um, but, you know, I, I just, I, I'm not happy. I just need to be happy. So it was, it, was, it was transactional. It was tit for tat, you know. If I get what I want, you get what you want, then it'll work out. But when it's not, I know God wants me to be happy, right? Commodify relationships. Money, success, recognition, fame, they, they, they can't do it. They weren't meant to do it. Uh, the more stuff, more things, more access, more technology, more medicine, uh, more depression, more anxiety, more suicide, they're together. The Stuff hasn't worked. That's the wrong thing. We hunger for, we're hungry. Some of us know we're hungry, but we hunger for the wrong thing. What's the right thing? It's it's blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We're hungry, we know we're hungry, and it's addition by subtraction. It's not all that stuff, it's the righteousness. It's one thing. Jesus is telling you what. You want the happy, the blessed life, the good life? Hunger for righteousness. What is righteousness? Old Testament uses it sometimes as a, as a synonym for salvation. Isaiah 51, 5. My righteousness is near. My salvation is gone forth. Paul will speak about this. It's an alien righteousness of Christ that we get. It comes to us. That's one way of talking about righteousness. Here, Jesus is talking about righteousness in terms of godliness. or the, the, the Goodness, blessing. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for godliness, for the character of Christ in us, working in us, conforming to his image, not a, a earning type of righteousness. But to grow into the righteousness of Christ. John Stott says: this righteousness, this Matthew righteousness, it's a, it's a spiritual hunger. It's the chief characteristic of all God's people. Do we hunger and thirst? For righteousness. The way the, the verb tense works here, it's not we, we we have some hunger and some thirst for some food or some drink. It's for all of it. We hunger and thirst for all righteousness. I want the totality of righteousness. This is what I'm after. I'm after the righteous one. Christ. He's my pursuit. It's not, um, you know, i got some problems, I need a little self-help, or... You know, it's not New Year's resolution, you know, I'm gonna turn over a new leaf this year, I'm gonna do better, you know, I'm gonna diet, I'm gonna eat. No. It's like, God, would you remake my heart, make me new, change me? I'm hunger, I thirst, I long to have the reflection of Christ in me. That's what I want. That's what I'm pursuing. That's what I'm after. Hunger and thirst. Do we hunger and thirst? Are we hungry? Do we know it? We are hungry. Do we know it? Do we hunger for the right thing? for righteousness. Finally, happiness involves being hungry, hungering for the right thing. Finally, happiness involves trusting that God will satisfy us. It's interesting because we're pursuing happiness by hungering for righteousness, but we're really not in control of the outcome. He says, hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. They shall be. The word satisfied here, it's, it's filled. It's that good feeling, you know? It's, uh, it's, it's, like, it's, not, it's not the golden corral. We ate as much as we could. There's probably some meat on there if, if it was meat. But it's like the Roost crisp, Like we ate this real, and we're like, man. Not the Thanksgiving, like I'm sick at my stomach kind of thing. But like, um, this is good. Like this was good. That kind of thing deep satisfaction. It's the, the language, uh, it's often used of animals that are, that, are, that are being grazed and they eat till they're satisfied. Like Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Can you imagine that? Like I'm satisfied. Yeah, there's predators around and I'm facing the elements, but the shepherd's leading us and I'm satisfied. Feels good, doesn't it? Feels good. It's a, but it, but it's, it's passive tense, right? They shall be satisfied. Hunger and thirst to make yourself satisfied. That's American. we like, let's make ourselves satisfied. No. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, and we trust that He will satisfy us. The satisfaction has to come to us. We can't, we can't make it happen. It's, a, it's the part of the Christian life that is the total surrender to God. It seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all this will be added. Same thing, right? We want to be happy. i got this audience. I want to tell them what's the kingdom like, Jesus? What's it going to be like in in this new way? You're coming. You're you're the Messiah. What's it going to be like? Yeah, you want to be happy? Hunger and thirst for righteousness. For me, that's it. And then wait, and I'll fill you. I'll satisfy you. I'll, I'll give you what you need. It's the total surrender of our heart. We can't fix it. Atlantic Journal a few years ago had the famous psychiatrist and neurologist Victor Frankel. He he spent three years in uh, Nazi concentration camp and he said this. He said, it is a characteristic of the American culture that again and again one is commanded in order to be happy, right? We tell it, be happy. But he says, happiness cannot be pursued. It must be ensued. It must happen to us. He goes on to say, it is the very pursuit of happiness that thwarts happiness. (laughs) We can't make ourselves happy, but the good news is that he satisfies us. The good news is when we surrender, we let go, he fills us. He comes to us. It's like... uh, and he fills us again and again, and we're satisfied, and yet we want more. It's this weird thing. It's like, it's not like ice cream. You know, I love ice cream, but if you just said, here's, you know, two gallons of ice cream, you're hungry, go for it. Like, you're going to be in trouble. At least I'm going to be in trouble after I eat that, right, if I could eat it all. like It's a point of diminishing returns. You get to it, you're like, oh, right? Like, I had too much. Some of you teenagers are doubting that. Like, no, you can't have too much god's not like that see he, he he satisfies us we commune with him and then we feel it feels and then we have more and then we come back every sunday do it again do it again let's do it again let's tell it again and we go and we we're, we're at work and we like let me take 10 minutes and read the scripture and pray and then we do it again and he's there and then we struggle and we come back together and you're struggling and you're doing well and so we tell each other we call fellowship when you do it again he's there he's good and we just kind of it's like just applaud we just keep going and we sing about it and you listen to people like me talk, and then we keep, yeah, yeah, let's do it. We remind ourselves. This is the gospel. It's the good news. And the whole sermon is kind of like all the the Beatitudes. It's a paradox, really. Right? I'm telling you to be happy, but I'm telling you you can't be happy on your own. And that's what Jesus is telling them. (laughs) You can't get there. I mean, the gospel is a paradox. Can you imagine Jesus in in the Garden of Gethsemane? Lord, uh, Father, this, uh, this cross thing is not really, you know, this isn't going to make me happy. <laughs> I think I'm out. I don't want to do it. That's what he said, right? I don't want to do it. Is there another way? But there's a surrender. There's a sacrifice. There's a submission, a surrender to the Father. And he says, not my will, but your will be done. So there's a sense of not happy for Jesus. And yet, what does he say? What's Hebrews says? For the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame. He looked at the hell of it. He looked at the shame of it. He didn't want to go to it. It wasn't His happiness. And yet in it and through it was the joy. What's the joy? He's resurrected, name above every name, and we are the joy. We're His. Brothers and sisters in Christ, sons and daughters of God. He didn't pursue it. He wasn't happy. But it rejo- re- result- resulted in blessing, and joy, and satisfaction, and life, and goodness. And that is the Father's way. Uh, this whole—I have a young congregation, and, and they're all—they're uh, all in young careers, in college, or out, young married, and they, they've got the vision, right? Pursuit. Some of, we need some of you uh, gray hair folks to come talk to us. Remind us. There's life and letting go, surrendering. This is a simple message, uh, too many words, but he is what satisfies us, right? Hunger, we're hungry. If you stop for more than five minutes and put the phone away, you're hungry. Right? If it's not you with health issues, it's someone you know, it's the finances, it's the job, it's kids, it's the economy, it's the whatever, politics, don't get started. We're all, you know, we'll all weep over that. We're hungry, and then where where are we looking for it? What do you think is going to satisfy you? Take some time away from the distractions, away from the entertainment. It's the Lord, does it? Him, His righteousness. And then we say, Lord, you are the Lord. It's kind of like Job at the end of Job, remember? had this back and forth about all the struggle. At the end of Job, the Lord's like, you got anything to say? And he's like, ah, I got nothing. I got, I got nothing left. You are the Lord, right? And we surrender to him. It's, this, it's, it's what you preach every week. It's the gospel message. But let us stop. Let's stop snacking, you know. <laughs> let's sit down. That's why we have communion. It's a table invited to come and dine. This meal that's a foretaste. We'll be satisfied with him. Let's hunger for him in righteousness. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. It pierces. It it cuts us. Even, Even familiar passages like this hits us again and again. I pray for us as your people that we would hunger, we would know our hunger and that we would look for satisfaction in you. You are the only place, the only way. Or would you do that work? We can't, we can't manufacture it. <laughs> we, we can't force it. You have to fill us. And we, by being here today, are, are by faith saying we need to be filled. So fill us, satisfy us, Jesus. We pray. Amen.